Um, just a heads up, guys. Um, during the recording of this episode, my mic was like really low, and <laughs> I, I didn't notice it. So you know, during during recording, but like listening to it on playback, it's it's really low on my end. Keep that in mind. But you know, you can hear me, but it's really low on on my end. But uh, no, Dave, you know, but you can hear you know David real real you know well. You know, it, it's it was fine on his end, but on my end, it was kind of you know really really low so i do apologize for that but you know it is what it is but you know it is what it is and uh yeah (laughs) it sucks but there you go you can say our next guest is both the beginning and the end and he is the only actor who to have played both optimus prime and megatron he is a man who needs no introduction but i'm going to give him one anyway ladies and gentlemen mr david k yeah that's i sorry that's my i have a button i push and it's got that on it no side gun it's on there all right get that out of the way Terrorist Did you hear that? Terrorize. Yeah. It's my toy. I have a, yeah, it's fun. It's cathartic. Uh, you, thank you so much. This is really an honor. Um, um, I, uh, it's exciting to talk to, to, uh, to this part of the world. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be, uh, to be on your podcast and, uh, thank you very much for having me. Um, actually, this podcast started out with one goal in mind and that is get David Kay on the show and we finally have. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> it took us only nine years, but here we are. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wow. Nothing. Ooh. Uh, That's so, cool. Uh, how did we get here, David? How did we go from – how did a kid who did radio and back when he was 17 end up being where he is now? Yeah, that, that's that's uh, the question. Huh? A, a lot of us go through. I was sitting with my uh, my wife's cousin at a concert, the Disney Concert Hall, on on the weekend, and and when I met him, it was before my wife and I were married. He was I was you know he was uh, the the Italian side of the and my wife. Well, my wife's a Sicilian, so he's there. He's her relative. I said, "Do you ever think we're sitting here in Los Angeles at the Disney Concert Hall watching a show?" And I'm, I, how, how in the world did we get here? He goes, "Yeah, man, I was thinking the same thing. It really, I, it's it's funny. The journey uh, is is um, it's funny where it takes you. You just you know we're fortunate to be uh, to be on this journey. And and for me, I mean, I, I wanted to be. I know I wanted to be." In media of some kind, when I was a kid, I, I was really mesmerized by uh, by how television worked and and you know shows. And um, I wasn't ever sure that I would actually be front and center, and I'm still not sure after that many years. Because even as my first play as a kid in grade school, I think it was sixth grade or seventh grade, I was cast in a play. It had no speaking role. I was this bartender in the uh, in Oliver and. And to me, I was just thrilled to even be on stage. And to this day, I st- I'm still literally this morning we're recording Ben 10 and I'm still looking around going, how did, how did I get here? I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Wow. This is so, uh, that, that never goes away, but, but it started through radio really. Um, you know, uh, somebody gave me a, ch- a shot. Somebody gave me a chance, a program director of a radio station in my hometown. Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, uh, said, uh, it was just, you know, sort of a, if you don't ask, you don't get. And I, I asked for a tour and I was interested in radio and 
I was working in a pro shop at the time at the YMCA. I was selling squash rackets. That's how I got into squash uh, through that as well. I still play that. And um, he invited me down to the station. Next thing I knew, I was recording something on a cassette. Remember those? No, you don't. You don't remember the cassette. Um, and uh, and I was hired as overnight weekends on the radio station when I was, you know, 17. And, and it sort of started from, from there. I didn't sort of get the voices going until Vancouver. Um, 8990. And by fluke, I seemed to meet an agent who was working at a modeling agency. I don't ask me how that all, all happened, but, um, he said, you should try commercials. And I said, oh, sure. Okay. And, uh, the class was fun. And he asked me if, if I would be consider being his, uh, one of his first clients. <laughs> I said, sure. I had no idea what I was doing. And GI Joe was the first audition I had for cartoons for Deke Animation for for General Hawk, which is really ironic. You know, this Canadian kid uh, auditioning for this uh, iconic, uh, you know, American soldier. Um, and fast forward to you know to, to now, or I'm now an American citizen, a dual citizen actually, and uh, yeah, to where sort of uh, living in the country that gave me a shot. Um, and uh, it's still. They still continue. They somehow let me play. They still take me off the bench and throw me in once in a while. So I'm thrilled. That's that's kind of in a nutshell a short version of how I got here. And uh, you throughout your career you've worked with some amazing people both on and off uh, screen. What's it like? What was it like uh, working with uh, guys like Wally Burr and, and Sue Blue? Oh, Wally was uh, this. Um, I was quite nervous because uh, the first time I knew that Wally was going to be, uh, that was when I was still living in, in Canada in Vancouver at the time, and, and Wally was coming up to direct, and I, I was really nervous. I thought, oh, this is this this iconic, legendary, this this god of, of a director, uh, and I'm just this kid. I have no idea what I'm doing, and it seems like the other people in the in the cast, you know, Gary Chalk and, and, and Scott McNeil and the others seem to have worked with him. You know, I worked with him before. Oh, yeah, it's, they were, you know, these old pros, and, and I didn't know what to expect that um, – I got to love, really love working with, with Wally. Um, you know, one of the original, uh, voice directors and one of the original batteries not included. You know, he was one of those voice guys and, uh, just legendary. And his directing, uh, it, it was funniest, funniest thing because was, I worked with him once and he came back again to do another series, another, uh, one offer, a couple of specials for G.I. Joe and he was in the booth directing again. And, uh, and I now was the guy who had worked with Wally Byrne. This is one new guy in the cast and he had an awful time with Wally because Wally would do stuff like, a, okay, give me a huh. And the guy would go, huh. Yeah, and Wally goes, no, 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 listen, listen to me, listen to me. Give me like a, I want a huh. And the guy said, okay, here we go. Take take four. Guy went, huh. and he goes, no, no, yeah, hang on. Let me one more time. And they went on and on. The poor guy was sweating. I, I mean, it's and what you hear in the in the show when it comes on the air, you literally hardly hear that. And all you hear is, huh. you hear nothing. So all that work <laughs> gets buried in uh, post production. And this guy, uh, I felt bad for him, but it was just so we all kind of left the studio and let the poor guy work. But uh, he was always good to me and. Uh, uh, he, he always it was very very I don't know, complimentary and you get a, you get a guy like that that gives you a little bit of confidence and it's amazing how far that can that can take you. Uh, confidence is a big thing. Um, and then Sue Blue shows up. Uh, was that ninety four? We started recording for uh, Beast, Wars. Beast Wars. Yeah, um, that was a whole new thing. We, we I had never I never grew up on on Transformers on G one. I, I grew up on Bugs Bunny and all the weird stuff, Tex Avery and things like that. Um, those are my you're kind of like, cartoons. You're like so. one of those guys who walks in and it's like, what the hell is an Autobot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had no idea. I honestly, and I'm glad I didn't because they were looking for some. As as the different iterations of the cartoon of a franchise goes through, it's decades. You know, um, the cast will change and the toys will change. Things change. Uh, so I, I didn't. I am glad I didn't hear Peter Collins because that might have, it might have colored what I what I was going to do. Um, I'm so glad you didn't hear Frank Walker because you would have walked in and you're like, oh, I gotta sound constipated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I I was you know because I'd never heard I never heard either of them. Um, uh, I auditioned for both roles for both Optimus Prime and and Megatron. Um, because when you go in and you want you want to audition for the lead roles and they go, I'm I'm auditioning for the lead stuff, you know. Um, Dino, so <laughs> that's a character no one's yeah. gonna remember. <laughs> yeah, Dino who? Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, so it, it's one of those ones where it, it, sometimes you get a script and you get a character and you just sort of open your mouth and talk and something comes out. 
And other times you you fuss with it and you're not quite sure and you you, you second guess yourself and oh god I'm not going to get that and that's the one you get and then the one you think you're going to get you don't uh, it's a funny business that way but this I remember this one because I they gave you it was like a booklet of of character breakdown and there was of course a dialogue but there's there's like a stack of stuff to go through on each character I'm looking Megatron at it. Megatron is the leader of the Predacons and yada yeah yada, yada, the whole yeah. on and on and on and his relationship with each character. And I kind of, I don't know, God, um, phew, and I kind of, I played around with a few things and I literally was in the car about to go in the studio and I'm looking, I got, I don't know, man, I got, I got nothing. I don't know what I'm, I, and I remember going into the studio, I believe it was, uh, Griffith, GGRP studios in, to audition for the, this in, in Vancouver. Um, and L. Griffith Gibson Ramsey Productions. And I, and I walked in there and there's a bunch of people behind the glass and, uh, and they said, okay, they said basically, said, okay, who do you want to start with? They go, um, well, I guess I'll start with Megatron. And I said, okay, great. <laughs> so I had the script. And, and at the last second, I sort of, you know, uh, I was, I'm always, I'm a big fan of Anthony Hopkins. I was a big fan of Sean Connery. And, and, uh, so if I, I figured if I kind of play around with those two and, and add a bit of a, a like a lizard or married them, like what would that sound like? If it, so I just sort of, you know, yes, excellent. I just, I didn't say yes or excellent. That wasn't part of the whole thing yet. Uh, but I just sort of started talking like this in a, you know, dino box and, and I, and I sort of created this sort of, I don't know, um, it, it sort of happened organically in the studio. And I don't remember them. And, and, and it still happens to this day when you audition for something. You, if you get uh, I like when there's a lot of people in the room. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of doing it yourself at home, which is where you do things a lot now. Um, but uh, everybody in the in the in behind the glass kind of looked up and started talking. I go, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. I was I was new to the industry, but you know, old enough to know that there was some discussion going on. Um, and so they had me uh, do it a, a two or three more times, uh, playing around with the different, you know, the the, the script. And then they liked that. And then uh, they said, uh, "Pick up Op. Can you can you pick up Optimus?" I said, "Sure." I you know picked up Optimus. I don't know what I did. I th- I'm not sure what I did at all for Optimus Prime, but I knew that uh that they seemed to be interested in in the Megatron character. I did a couple ancillary characters in that, and that's how that started. And then the first day you show up, and there's Sue Blue and another person who had worked with some of the cast in Vancouver previously and had known her, and uh, we just became fast friends. And to this day, I just love her, and we were still. I see her and, you know, big hugs and, and, uh, she's one of the reasons, you know, uh, that I'm, I'm here, uh, her direction, the fun and the, the opportunity, uh, that really started with, uh, with, with her in, in that cast. And it was great. Yeah. Great memories of that. And did you pull Gary's finger? Uh, no, good Lord. No, <laughs> <laughs> not a chance. Hey, throw me finger. No, no, Gary. Ian Corlett and I were at this uh, tran- uh, TFCon here in, in, in Los Angeles, uh, which is nice. I didn't have to fly anywhere. It was excellent. It took me five minutes to drive there. Oh, so so nice. And uh, Ian Corlett lives in Los Angeles now, and we were talking about that at a panel about Gary and his pull-the-finger thing. It's <laughs> so not pulling your finger. No, but cut it out. Uh, that was just fun, man. That whole room was a, was a ton of fun. Hearing off-color jokes from Jim Burns at like eight in the morning, and you're like, Oh, oh. <laughs> well, it was it was like it was eight thirty. You know, that was always that we come in and we'd be when he was in the Inferno was in the cast at that time, and uh, he would come in. It'd be around eight thirty. We'd just have a coffee and we'd sit in Pinewood Studios, which is which is torn down now. It was a great place, and uh, we'd be you know goofing around. And his first off-color joke of the day happened before the rehearsal. And then we get into the studio, and then that would be the second one. Hey, hey, DK, I got one for you. They go, oh, okay, here, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to hear that right now. Um. <laughs> but that was how it was. It was me and a stand beside Jimmy, and then it was uh, it was Alec Willows, Venus Turzo, you know, uh, Doug. Uh, Parker, who was on that wall? Scotty, Scott McNeil, and across from me was Gary and Ian and Richard. So it's kind of a horseshoe. And I was sort of, I seem to be on the, on the, uh, looking at the room, uh, you know, forward. I'm on the left hand side and there's across the back and then on the right hand side. So I was always on the left hand side, usually, usually by myself. But if I, they put me with, uh, with Paul, uh, with 
is it Paulette? Paula? Paula? Um, oh God, what was her name? Uh, Pauline. Uh, and Pauline Johnson. Yeah, Pauline. I wish they would, they would stick her beside me as well. And, and blue. Uh, so, um, yeah, I would say we had our corner as a, as a great corner of the studio. That was the, where the Predacons lived. And then they would have, they'd have some of the good guys with me once in a while, which I didn't like, but, uh, <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> and uh, what was Campbell Lane like? Because he was a tremendous talent that I think uh, never. Cam Lane, never, gosh, never, never got the credit he deserves, in my opinion. I was, uh, I was always in awe of him. Um, I was very sad that he passed. I, I was always in awe of him when I was in in Vancouver as an as a Vancouver actor, and this guy would come in. It was a different series that we worked on together. Um, and he's just a, this, this, just a great voice. So he never pushed it. He never, um, and I, I often think of him and, and his delivery now and again, because I just thought he was, yeah, you're right. I, I think he is one of the unsung, um, uh, heroes that didn't, he, not enough recognition. He's a tremendous on screen actor and, 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 and well trained. And, and he just had a command of the microphone. And, um, every time he would talk, you kind of look up. You know, and watch him. Um, yeah, he was, he was, he was great. He was something, he was one of those, one of those guys that, uh, I, uh, so I want to be, when I, when uh, I'm your age, I want to, I want to be you when, when I grow up, you know, one of those, one of those things. Yeah, nice guy too. And I think he was like one of the few guys on that show who had a character who would uh, voice what would they, what, uh, people in the business call a throat ripper character. Oh, yeah, he had some awesome early. stuff. Yeah, he had some awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always, it was I always, real good. I always remember the, um, I think one of the quotes, one of the Rampage quotes where he comes up next to Depth's charge and he's like, ignore the pain, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, gosh, that brings back good memories, man. I remember that session. <laughs> uh, a young kid named Sobolov coming in and you're like, yeah, this guy ain't going nowhere. <laughs> it's, well, I didn't know where, because I knew he was, so I said, well, he's Canadian. He's, oh, where, where, is he, where is he from? Is he from here? Um, but yeah, we've since become um, uh, good friends. I see, him, I see him quite often down here. But he came out with this big voice. I'm thinking, whoa, wait a minute. How, how does that, how does that come out of a guy like, holy smoke. And it was just um, well, I used uh, when, when David used to come in. Um, I used to warm up or something. What what show was it? I, I don't know if it was a, it was before. Um, it was either RoboCop and there was yeah, something was, else he was before. Ro- he was RoboCop. Yeah, that was one of his first roles. And I just remember uh, for his warm up, it would be something like it. Sobolov, 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 Sobolov. <laughs> so that became my warm up. Sobolov, Sobolov, Sobolov. And, 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 and yeah, I, we sort of got to know each other a bit and it was always really friendly. And, um, yeah, I see him, see him quite often down here and he's, he's, he's a really good dude. And, uh, how do you got, how do you feel about being you and, and Sobolov being considered like the breakout stars of that show? Cause, you know, no one, I don't think anybody ex- expected you guys to not only come to the States, but, be considered one of the most, uh, you know, two guys who are great workhorses and, you know, do a lot of stuff now. Yeah. I, who, I mean, who knows? I, I wanted to do, all I wanted to do is, is, is play on the team and, and do well. Um, it's gone beyond my expectations. And even when I talked to Rob Paulson there just, uh, just before Christmas, I still, I, I, I still think that, uh, I think it goes back to uh, an old, um, um, coach I had in basketball in high school who I, I tend to ride the, rode the pine a lot, which is of course slang for, you know, sitting on the bench for most of the time, uh, second string, that sort of thing. And so that was drilled into my psyche for many years. And still, that still, that still sort of bubbles up if I'm not careful. Um, and that, that I'm, well, I'm, you know, if they want me to come in and, and score a couple of baskets, I'll, I'll come in and I'll, you know, I'll help out the team. Uh, I never considered myself sort of anything. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, when I'm in a room with, with other people in the business, I'm kind of, I'm in awe of them. Um, so it's amazing what your, your coaches and, and people tell you when you're younger. If you, if you're not careful, you, you, you know, you can believe in it. And so 
I had to snap out of it and, and, and realize that no, I'm I'm here because I'm I should be here and this is where I, I need to be. But it was the best move I ever made professionally is to uh to be here full time. It, it got crazy back in sort of two thousand seven, two thousand six, two thousand seven uh before we made the actual move, I guess we might have played oh five, oh six, uh where things were getting busy here. Uh, I had agents in New York and, and agents now in, in Los Angeles and they wanted me here on a regular basis. And so I was coming down a lot. So I was I was commuting on an airplane for ten years from Vancouver back and forth, back and forth. Like sometimes, you know, uh, twice a month, or it was at least at least once a month for. Oh my, it was going on ten years, and finally, uh, it just got to the point where, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna really make a run at this and and uh, expand my uh, horizons, I'm gonna have to be here. And so my wife was uh, fantastic about it. Because uh, a friend of mine who's a comedian who lives here, he said, like 98% of the, you know, husbands say, uh, hey, how do you want, you want, honey, do you want to move to Los Angeles? You know, it ends up in divorce. So, uh, but she's been, she's a fantastic part of the, the team. And without her, nothing, none of this happens. Um, and without, the, I keep telling the people who come up to me at the table on the weekend at TFCon here in Burbank that, uh, you know, without you guys, without you, there's no me, there's no, not, there's none of this. So the fans are are what drive it, and and the first convention I did was Rochester with Venus Turzo. It was was it, what year was that? I can't remember. Uh, it was the first was that, one. Oh seven. Was that botcon or was that something? Yeah, else? it was. I was. It was a botcon. I think it was. Because uh, you and Venus were at botcon two thousand, if I remember correctly. That's why I was like in in Rochester, New York, and and uh, that's when I realized when whoa. There's a whole, this is a whole thing that I didn't realize this was a, you know, as big as it was. And I, now I've got to know fans that come up to me and I've, you know, I, I signed their babies apparently 10 years ago, which, <laughs> so it's, you get, you grow up with these people and, and they become, uh, you know, friends. And, and again, without them, there's, 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 there's none of this, uh, which is, which is pretty cool, you know? And, uh, you know, going, now we move on to the next part of your career, which is animated. How was it like going from playing, you know, Megatron, this, you know, uh, lizard with a god complex, to Optimus Prime, this all-American goody-goody hero? Yeah, that was strange um, because I remember hearing about they're going to be doing another version of Transformers, and oh, well, uh, I, 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 how, how do I get in on that? And I was still commuting and living in Vancouver at the time, and I remember emailing Sue and say, "Is there any any chance I could read for this time? Because I come I come back and forth. Maybe there's a." Um, so I was, I got it, they got in touch with me through, uh, through Sue and I, I read for, of course I read for Megatron cause I figured, well, Hey, you know, why not? And I read for a couple ancillary characters and I got a call back and I was down, I came back down, went to Cartoon Network and, uh, did the Megatron again. I figured, oh, here we go again. Right? Cause everyone's liking it. And, and they, they had me try, uh, um, um, what's it, the, the, uh, uh, I don't crying out loud. Um, that the, the Megatron's uh, idiots. Um, thank you. Uh, Megatron's, Megatron's wise. Megatron is yeah. great. Megatron is wise. Megatron is great. Okay. Uh, and so I, I did that, and they all laughed. It was fun. And then uh, it was all silence, and Sue's looking around, and and uh, he says, "Hey, David, um, can you got a minute? Come on out." So I, I can't. I thought, "Oh, you're going to ask me to leave the building?" Uh, but they said, "Can you take a look at Optimus? Uh, you know, take a moment and go and sit down and read them and come back in." I said, "Yeah, sure." So I, I read over the the signs and they brought me back in and it it's explained that they were having a tough time finding or you know casting and they were kind of thinking of you know the Tom Hanksy kind of thing and the younger version and I said well geez I don't know and they said well just try your own voice and I I did a version of of you know up to my own voice and just kind of heighten them up a little bit and give them a bit of a hero thing and uh, they all seemed to to like it and I and I went wow well, this is interesting in my brain I'm thinking. Well, I'm Megatron. I mean, they're not seriously thinking, considering this. So anyway, it was all smiles and laughs and, hey, thanks. That was great. And, blah, blah, and, and I forgot about it. And I'm back in L.A. driving, literally driving through Chinatown um, up toward the Disney Concert Hall and going to play squash. I was driving downtown. through, And and my agent called. It was around, I don't know, it was a quarter to six or six o'clock in the evening. She said, hey, DK. So, uh, listen, they want to book you for, uh, Transformers. Congratulations. Go, oh, excellent. This is cool. So, you know, Megatron, right? Here we go again. And then I, I didn't say that, but she said, 
Uh, so they're going to book you for uh, for Optimus. And then she continued, and I kind of didn't hear her. <laughs> I said, um, wait a second. So so it's, it's uh, we, am I doing the Megatron character? She said, no, no. You're, you're, uh, they want you for the lead for Optimus Prime. And I go, really? Well, he's the good guy. <laughs> so she said, yeah. Yeah. I go, well, I was Megatron. Yes, we know. Well, it's a different series. So they want you. Oh, okay. She didn't seem too surprised at all. I was completely, you know, uh, flabbergasted. And, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. And in the first few sessions, every time Sue Blue would, you know, indirectly say, okay, Megatron, and she's talking to Corey Burton, and I look up and I, oh, yeah, that's right, it's not me. And that would happen for the first at least a half a dozen episodes before I kind of kind of dropped into the role. Uh, Voice-wise, he started a little bit too young, trying to find him, and he kind of developed – I kind of, you know, fell into this character, I'd say, halfway through the recording of the, of the first season, maybe a little later, maybe in the eighth episode. I started to feel really comfortable with, with who this guy was. And, uh, you know, and it was, and there's another great room, man, uh, going to work on what days do we usually work? Tuesdays or something? I think it was Tuesday mornings, I think. Uh, what a, what a thrill to come to work with, you know, Tom Kenny and Bill Fregerbacki and, uh, Jeff and, uh, gosh, Bumper Robinson, um, Tara, who else is in that room, man? It was just incredible. Corey Burton, yeah, what a what a thrill, what a thrill. And was that your moment where you realized I made it? I mean, no, 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 no. There's no, there's no I made it moment. There's still, there still isn't. <laughs> there's no I made it. <laughs> I go from, yeah, maybe should I just give up? No, no, I'll stay in. You know. Uh, that that never goes away. And once because I think once you say I've made it, your career is over. <laughs> Just a bit of advice there. Yeah. I Megatron. It has to, they'll, they'll it has to be yeah. <laughs> I make it Megatron. It's over. I'm done. Oh, wait a second. What do you mean the series is over? Well, that was well. Now what do I do? See, so there you go. Yeah, always be reinventing. Always be uh, doing different things. Find out, find out, out about yourself. The one cool thing about this business, I gotta say, and you probably agree with this, is you, you, you don't really have to grow up. You don't really, you really don't need to grow up, and you really can't, and you really shouldn't, uh, which is, uh, which is nice. Well, yeah, because you know you get paid to do silly voices for a living, and I can't imagine someone walking in saying, "I'm going to take this really seriously." <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and you're in, you're in the room. You're, you know, you do take it seriously, but boy, it's a lot of. There is a lot of fun to be had. I'll tell you that. I think if you take, if you, if you take it too seriously, it's like, it's an old, old Canadian, uh, slang thing. You see, you grip on the stick too hard there, eh? Um, an old hockey analogy, you know, just loosen up, loosen up the grip. And that same goes for squash too. Loosen the grip a little bit. Don't, don't squeeze too hard because you can get in there and there are days when, you know, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm holding the stick too hard there, eh? And, and it's just, it's not happening. You have to kind of, it has to be jazz. When you work in this business, you know, voiceover and stuff, and even the narration, even the commercials, it has to be, it has to be jazz, and you have to connect it. It has to, um, you have to, you have to be a real person. So if I'm creating a character and I'm going to be this Megatron or Optimus Prime, I wish I, I knew what I knew now, what I, you know, I could apply it early, uh, a younger me. Um, but uh, my agent, one of my agents here is so fantastic, Cam. I said, you, you need to connect it more. Uh, five years ago, she was bugging me to connect it more, connect it more. I, I mean, oh, what are you talking about, connect it more? And it wasn't until, I guess maybe a couple of years, two, three, three years ago, started doing some narration stuff, like for the World Cup and for, you know, for NFL football and a few different things. And if, if you're, if you're a character, uh, you have to, first of all, you have to be a real person. It's got to be, it's got to come from your heart. It's got to be truthful. I just think the longer we're on the planet, the more, uh, uh, we have to pull from, more experience we have to pull from. And, and if I'm creating a character, that character has to be truthful. I, if you listen to a character, you can't go, oh, he's, there's a guy doing a voice or she's doing like a, she's putting a voice on. It can't be that. It has to be really, to, it really has to be the character. And there was some study that came out just recently, uh, that says when, when actors, uh, you know, uh, study for a role or they become a character and actually the chemistry, the brain chemistry actually, actually changes and you do become a different person in, in that respect. Uh, we'll, we'll remember Heath Ledger, uh, his amazing performance as the Joker. Uh, he lived and breathed that character for as long as that, that shoot happened. Um, 
and uh, he became he went down the rabbit hole man that's you know but it's it was so truthful and so creepy it was it was a real honest to goodness person a character um so that's the sort of things you you know you you think about uh if anybody out there is looking to you know figure out how to make a character well it's got to come from the heart it's got to be truthful or it just just doesn't work or it's not it's not going to be great and on that show you got the chance to voice multiple characters how was that experience working for the first time voicing multiple characters instead of just one or two that's great. I mean, it, it helps them. Um, I get the chance to, to prove my range and stuff. And, uh, I always pride myself on, on all the different things on range. I don't want to be just, I don't want to just say that I, oh, I have, I have, I have range. I want to, you know, uh, prove that I have range and go all over the scale. Um, so it was fun for me to, to let them know that I can do this, these other things because they really want somebody who can play, not only play, um, uh, uh, a Decepticon, but it can also play a, 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 a um, Autobot as well. So, and that helps them because it saves money if they can double up characters. So everybody who was cast in that show, uh, Marty Eisenberg, one of the head writers, will tell you that if you're playing a, you know, Decepticon, you have to be able to voice an Autobot as well. Um, that was one of the, the things. Uh, so the main cast needed to be able to voice different other different characters. Yeah, and and uh, you know you did. You also did Grimlock as well, and I was and I was kind of surprised. Oh yeah, because that was you know, yeah. I, I thought I thought for sure they're going to bring Greg Berger in. I, I I thought well, you know, Greg's coming back in today. Uh, one of the coolest things is him and I had a Dinobot off at a, at the Pasadena BotCon here five six years ago or so. Uh, Anything you can do, I can do better. We did that song. Uh, I wish somebody recorded that. Somebody may have, but I I'm trying to find it. Um, and that was kind of fun. Yeah, here's another nice guy. There's another gem of a human being right there, Greg Berger. And then, you know, moving on to, you know, your later career, you're now doing more promo work, more, you know, ADR stuff. And, and you're yeah, I'm all over the map. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the old proverbial Swiss Army knife thing. It's, it's, uh, I'm just finding, I'm still finding new stuff every day, still finding new things all the time, uh, new, new, new textures. Um, uh, new voice placements, things like that. And one of the difficulties in, in the trailer part of things, which I love trailers. I've, you know, I've done a few of them. Uh, is they, they're not quite sure where to put me. I mean, I, uh, you know, you do stuff like, um, uh, what's, uh, Pixar. What's that last movie I did? The Coco. And, and it was the, the storyteller, you know, once every year, it's just this sort of, he's an older character. And then the Slavic hot tub time machine, Reddit R, you know, just, so there's, there's guys that are phenomenally good, um, Ashton and, and there's other guys that, um, that, that do trailers. Taylor. Um, yeah, James is more, uh, more promo, uh, but the trailer guys, the trailer guys that do those, those narrative reads, uh, they're so, so good. They have their, they have their move. They have their, and so I, I've, I've done all these different genres of trailers, but again, they, they're not sure because I, oh, he's the guy who did the character reader. He's the guy who did the hot tub timer. Oh, he did that, that thing. So I'm all over the map there as well. And in trailer, I'm not so sure that's a, I guess it's a positive. Sure. Sure. It's a positive, but, um, I, I never wanted to be pigeonholed at all any time in my career. And I guess that uh, has come true, but there's also, um, there's, there's longevity in that, but I also would like to get one read and really, you know, get in there and be known for that read. But that's that's not really who I am. Um, so it's a it's a blessing and a curse, uh, sort of thing. But it, it, the cool thing is, is longevity. I always tell people, you get into this industry, you know, make sure you're the Rolling Stones and not Millie Vanilli. You want to make sure oh, you do God. all, you know, you do all as much as you learn learn all of it. Uh, learn all of it. And do you do you take notes? You know, do you look back on some of your older stuff and you know you take? Oh notes man, and I, yeah. See, I, I people say, you remember that episode? I go, no, no, I don't. I, I rarely have seen anything I've done. One of these these idiots that hasn't hardly seen anything I've done because I'm too embarrassed to to watch it and because I'll just I won't like me. Um, there's certain things that I've seen. Uh, recently that I've looked at uh, because you're at a, you're at a watch party or, or you're at a, uh, I was invited to, 
you know, you're, well, you're, yeah, something like that. Um, I, we were at a, uh, the, the, uh, a watch party for DC for, um, uh, for, man, oh man, I'm, I'm uh, horrible. Versus, uh, God, thank you. Thank you very much. And, 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 uh, um, I, I had to play, uh, the Miguel Ferrar role, um, and, um, and the character I play was a, he's a, he's a real badass. He's one of these, well, he's, no, I mean, he's Vandal Savage. He's one of those DCs. Like, well, I, as a kid, I remember comic book Vandal Savage. You know, I do remember him. And you see, Miguel Ferrar is a, it, he was amazing. And, uh, he passed away way too soon. And, and, uh, they had me come in and, and looking for a voice match him. And I thought, oh, this is, this is, um, how can I, how am I, how am I going to do this? But he sort of, in the rest, started playing around with it. And, um, he says this thing, this role, this thing he does. And he, and he's just, gosh, it's wonderful. And I was able to, to kind of pull it off and got good at it. And, and I, but every session we recorded as Vandal Savage, I would drive home and go, Oh man, I'm like any moment they're going to call and go, yeah, thank, tell Dave, thanks for coming in, but, uh, we're good. Cause <laughs> how do I, how in the world do I honor this? How do I honor that guy and this role and that character? Um, then we had the watch party and all the writers were there. We had a really, we saw the, the episodes that I was in and I listened to it and went, gee, that's not, that's the first time I ever went, that's not half bad. That kind of worked okay. And, and they're coming up and said, man, that was so, they were, they were very complimentary. And I, I drove home thinking, okay, I was able to pull that off. I was, uh, cause I wasn't sure. Uh, so there are moments where I go, okay, yeah, I did a, I did a good job there. I did a good job. Um, but there's a lot of things that in the past I, I do and I go, oh man, I could have done better this. And we're all the same. You know, the Rob Paulsons of the world and Jim Cummings, we're all the same. We all have the same thing. Uh, we're all very, very, very delicate actors and performers. So. Yeah, because I rewatched some of the old animated stuff before this and you're, you know, Optimus like at the beginning. Oh, I hate episodes. it. Hated it. Hated it. It's hated rough. it. <laughs> yep. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Uh, so yes. Yeah, I, I would have easily, I kept, I actually asked to see if it was possible to go back and, and redub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but their, their excuse is, well, you know, he's, you know, he's optimist. He's trying to find himself. He's a young and I go, yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, I wasn't a, I, I, I didn't like me there the first, the first little while. I got, I warmed up to myself. Uh, as the series went on. <laughs> and, and how does it feel to be like known as the guy who came from Canada and started this whole movement of voice actors coming in over from Canada and playing work in the States? Because I know if you hadn't come over, well, Trevor, Trevor Duvall wouldn't be here. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's funny. I was sitting outside of my house one night. He, he was here. I don't know. He was here two weeks. And he said, Oh, he was, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? I said, dude, two weeks. Give it a minute. Give it a, give it a second. Uh, there's a lot of talent there. I, I, it's just, it's, it's an old personal thing. Uh, certainly there's people that did that before. A lot of people come back and a lot of people, you know, successful and stayed. I, everybody has their own journey. I just, it, it, it was a point where in Vancouver, it was too many airplanes. It's too many. I was missing my family. I mean, look. This is my career. And uh, my assistant at the time said, man, you got to make a jump. Got to make a jump. I mean, what do you want to do? I go, yeah, you're right. Like, cause this is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to get good at it. If you're going to play in, you know, in, in major, in the major leagues, you want to play, you know, for the best, uh, best teams, uh, you know, uh, if it's soccer, hockey, whatever, you want to play in the majors, uh, cause it only will make you better. And then I just think, yeah, I got to be here. I have to be here, period. Um, and, uh, it's funny because I'm one of the few that you, that you would talk to. I tell people, yeah, I, I'm one of the few that actually left and, and to come to Los Angeles to find myself. <laughs> it's really weird to come to a city like this to find yourself. That that doesn't happen very often. But I I also, even as I get older and, and longer I live here, and, uh, you know, uh, yes, I'm a proud American citizen, and this country is great to me, but I also – have grown to really appreciate where I've come from. And, and because I used to sort of hide the fact that I was Canadian, but I mean, I'm proud of where, where I come from. I'm proud of that country. And, and so it's in my blood. Um, 
And, uh, but I used to try and, you know, uh, squash that. Uh, it's just, you know, as you, you get older, you realize what's important and, and where you're from is important. And, uh, and you, you know, you never want to lose that. Um, so I, I, you know, I always tell people, look, your journey is going to be completely different, different from mine. Your reasons, their reasons are going to be different than, than mine. Mine was because I wanted my family to be with me. If I'm going to go on this journey, I'm not leaving them behind. I want to, I want to, you know, come home and I want them there. And, uh, and it's been great for them as well. Uh, it's been a, you know, it's been a good thing. So, uh, so yeah, it worked, it worked out. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it is what it is. And I think it, it it's kind of risky because, you know, you're taking a big leap of faith and hoping it pays off. And well, it wasn't in my case, it wasn't I, I, cause I had a business going and I was providing affiliates. Uh, I, I had, I had a good base. It didn't matter where I was. You know, uh, I was okay. Um, I wouldn't have come down here if I didn't have that. If I was coming down to go uh, to move my family and all I was doing was cartoons and, and uh, that, no. You know, I, I had grown a business and, 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 and opened a business in the state of New York. And I was providing, you know, I still do uh, radio and television uh, um, promotional branding and, and, and voiceover. So I had a, a large and still have a large business doing that. Um and I, so I had this company and I had a presence here already. I had an officer of my company who, you know, uh, is a U.S. citizen. So I, I did all the right things. I didn't, you know, there's no cutting corners and, you know, coming here when I shouldn't be. I, I did it all above board, all by the book. And, uh, and I wouldn't have moved my entire family out of there unless I, uh, we, we were, we were financially fine. We, you know, the house, there's the whole thing. But I, if I was single, I had no family. And I went, yeah, man, let's just try it. Uh, great. But not with a family. I mean, you gotta, you gotta make sure you have, you have a business or you have, you know, yeah. Cause I, I couldn't come down here if I didn't, if we didn't have that. No way. And is it, is it, you know, do you look back on it and say, wow, how far I've come from, you know, doing, you know, dubbed anime back in Vancouver to now doing promo. Oh, sure. Just, well, the opportunities here are just like, you know, every day, every day, every day, every day, day in, day out. I'm getting bombarded with the stuff from New York, my agents, from my managers in New York and L.A. and my L.A. agents and commercial. I mean, it's it's the the, the, the volume of stuff that, that, you know, that you read for every day is no comparison. Um, you just have more opportunities, you a chance to work for the for the, for the uh, Tonight Show uh, once with Jay Leno. I was the backup guy. Only only got a chance to work once. Um, Wally Winger was the main guy, and he was really, he couldn't talk. He was very sick, and they they brought me in to fill in. And so if I wasn't here, I would never have got a chance to to, to voice uh, and be on set and for the Jay Leno show. Uh, you know that that experience is just priceless, and all those other things that that come up and people you meet and uh, you know. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't. You just wouldn't be able to do that. And is it is it weird, like looking back at your career, you know, in cartoons and realizing most of the stuff you've worked on, you've made to sell toys, but somehow has connected with people on a totally different level that you didn't expect it to connect with? Oh yeah, I just. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm reminded of that all the time. This because I used to think about. All my friends who become doctors and a friend moved to Singapore and he's an engineer and, you know, another guy's a venture capital. I mean, they're all doing all these really cool stuff. You know, friends are nurses and one, uh, there's a couple of friends of mine, another, they were teachers. And I went back and had a bit of a reunion with a couple of really good friends. And, and I said, so what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm retired or reti- retired. Well, how, what do you mean retired? And the person says, I'm retired too. You're retired. So I was all depressed when I went home to my mom and, uh, to when visiting my folks, he said, well, "What's what's wrong?" He said, "I don't know." I said, "Like, I've never, these are all retired. How how's that possible?" Like, I, I, I won't be retiring. She said, "Well, you never started working." I said, "Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, that's right. Because what we do is really a lot of fun. I won't. I mean, I won't retire uh, because why? I'm just." I'm I really, uh, I haven't really started working. And so, so I'm really fortunate to be able to come in every morning, come across the courtyard, sometimes in my pajamas, get in the studio and start, you know, start doing my work. Um, and <laughs> eventually put on clothes and go out into the world. But it's, it's been, it's a dream. It really is. But it takes, it took a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a lot of sacrifice to get to this point. People that, you know, you can't, you can't there's a lot of, there was a lot of that. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's amazing. I don't, I don't know. I can't figure it out. I'm just really yeah, thankful. I'm, uh, I'm playing on the team a little bit, you know. And, and is it weird to still be part of the Transformers franchise like 20, 20 odd years later? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? I mean, honestly, uh, and people come up and say, like you said, how, how it's changed or how it, one uh, girl come up and say, you saved my life. I go, what? You know, I was in Detroit at the Comic Con there and she said, yeah, you saved, you saved my life. And this character or something, I, I had a horrible, horrible childhood and, and this happened to me, that happened to me. And this, for some reason, this character resonated and I'm thinking, wow. So we're just, we just don't do funny voices or do, you know, we, people, this, this is means something. You're a little kid who was in hospital going through a treatment of some kind and, and, um, Optimus Prime, you know, kept him going or, or whether it be Megatron kept, I mean, I get those all the time and it's, um, it kind of makes you think for a second that, uh, yeah, you know, what we do is, uh, is important and, uh, but it's also very important to, to thank those, those fans and those people, um, that, that keep it going. It's, uh, any, any actor who ever loses sight of that, uh, should quit, um, because uh, uh, they need to realize that uh, without without the fans, without people enjoying what they do, it's, their job doesn't really mean anything. And especially with me, because I'm someone who does suffer from depression and anxiety, and I cannot tell you, growing up as a kid, how much Beast Wars meant to me. Man. That, that show, you know, that show got me through a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, the, we, we have our things that, 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 that help us out. And, uh, absolutely. And it's the people in the business, who are, you know, doing those characters, uh, are, we're all very well aware. Uh, you know, my confidence level gets rocked, uh, on a daily basis, you know, um, and, uh, you think, ah, but you just keep going, just keep going. Um, cause there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, joy and happiness in what we do. Just, just uh, you know, a couple more questions before we wrap this up. Sure. How did the um, last week? How did the uh, God? What was it? Last week tonight show? Yes, thing? last week tonight yeah. with John Oliver. Yeah. How did that come come about? Yeah, there's another thing. You just never know where these things go. I was reading for promos for HBO. Uh, my manager in New York sent me said the script, and it was like um, this week on John Oliver. You know, I was this is the voice I was going to use for the promos for HBO. Uh, an all new show about, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, they said, Hey man, uh, so you, yeah, you booked a gig and, uh, they're going to, uh, I'm like, Oh, great. Uh, excellent. So you usually do so a bunch of promos up front uh, for the show or maybe on a weekly basis you do like a session. So they go, okay, that's, that's awesome. I didn't know too much about it because it's brand new. I knew John Oliver came from John Stewart and, um, I was sitting watching HBO one night, probably Game of Thrones and the, uh, Promo came on. I go, Maria, Maria, come here. This here's the promo, and, I'll, and I heard somebody else's voice. Really great. I don't know who it was. It was there fantastic? Um, but I went, well, that, that that's hmm, that's not me. So I texted Jay, my manager. Uh, it must have been uh, I don't know, nine or ten o'clock at night, West Coast time, and he's New York time. I just thought, yeah, I guess I'm not doing the show. <laughs> anyway, he calls me. He's hey, DK, it's Jay. Uh, he said. I said, what's, he says, yeah, I know. I said, well, they, they, I got a call. They want to know if you want to like work for the show. And I go, what do you mean work for the show? He said, can you work on Saturdays and Sundays? I go, oh, ooh, not quite sure. That's, uh, it's, it's territory that I, hmm. So, well, I'll give it a shot. And then turns into this. And, uh, I was, we were at the Emmy Awards, my wife and I, and we were at the after party and I was talking to John. I says, what do you, how do you, three in a row? Did you ever, he goes, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. So he's he's as baffled as, <laughs> as we all are. But it's just really cool. You just never know where these things go. I was ready to say no. I didn't want to do this show. And it kind of turns into this thing. And uh, I'm just, again, uh, happy to be a, a play, a, play a small part of it. Um, and they're tremendous people, very talented. And, and uh, it's an honor to, to work for a, for a show like that. It's pretty cool. Because it's weird, like, seeing you, like, at, at conventions and then, like, seeing you at, like, award shows. And it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, uh, yeah, like I said, I am not only a Swiss Army knife in my voice, I'm, I'm sort of all over the map in, in life, too. I, 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 I have eclectic taste in reading, music, 
one minute I'm listening to Oscar Peterson or classical, next I'm listening to ACDC and, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, it's all over the map. I think the more you, the more you experience, uh, this more helps you become more of a rounded, well-rounded person. Um, you know, I, uh, I guess I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of Switzerland. I, I never wanted to, I don't side with one. I just want to be, you know, I want to be happy and I want to be, uh, I want to know all the different sides, but I kind of want to be right down the middle. <laughs> that says something about me, I guess. But yeah, I, I love great food and wine. And once in a while, I like it, you know, just a good beer with a, with a friend or a cigar once in a while by myself. I, it's, it's, I'm all over the map, you know, uh, with, uh, and, and I think it's, it's fun like that to, to not be sure. Because I, I kind of, it's kind of weird looking back at your filmography because I have to remind myself, oh yeah, he's also Clank. <laughs> so. That's right. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. What another great story. Yeah, Clank, man, and then those guys are. I'm still, I'm friends with those guys from Insomniac and, and Ryan Schneider, and said I know Ted from the company, and they, they were, they were kids when, when I started working with the franchise, and now the, you know, they're uh, very worldly. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I remember like someone on Twitter like posting like some of the behind the scenes stuff from 2003, and I'm like, oh, I can tell this is 2003 because David has like frosted tips. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we go through. We become. I mean, every seven years we physiologically become different people. You know, just the cells we we break up. So absolutely, that's that's a whole different person, man. That's a whole different me. I think back when I met my wife, you know, how is she still with me? I was a different, I was an idiot. Um, but yeah, it's just, that's just, you know, <laughs> being human. <laughs> and I see that now my son is uh, something new all the time. What, what, is, what is it this week? Uh, you know, and it's exactly how I was. Yeah. Cause I, I, I remember, I think there was like some behind the scenes footage of these wars they did back in the day and, and looking at Scotty back then and how, and how much he's changed now. It's like, wow. Totally yeah, person. that's true. Yeah, we all, yeah. Well, that's the fun of it, you know. And, uh, you know, what was it like working with Mark Hamill and, and Stanley on Avengers? Cause I oh, saw that boy, yeah. Recently. That was just a thrill. I didn't ever think I was going to get a chance to work with Stan Lee, and I knew he was getting older, and it was, that was a surprise for me. The, the Harrison and the folks brought me in because we were going to do that episode. I show up and, and, uh, so you never make Stan? And I go, no. Well, he's here today. I go, what? Well, like Stan Lee? He goes, yeah, he's in recording. Really? He's in, yeah, he's in the episode. I go, oh my God. So they brought us all in. It was a big surprise. And, and that, yeah, I always tell the story about the font when he, when he, I got a chance to meet him. He goes, what do you do on the show? And I said, oh, I'm, you know, Barry von Zemo. Give me a little Zemo. What does he sound like? And I did me, well, he sounds like this. You know, I did my thing. And uh, he said, very good. Very good. And he went on to meet other members of the cast. And then they left. We got our picture taken. And Mark is, you know, we're looking at the font. It's huge font because he's, he's older and he's sitting in a chair reading the font. And, uh, and I don't know who said it. Maybe Roger Craig Smith. Look at the size of the font. And Hamill says, uh, we should all be so lucky to have font that big. So <laughs> it's very true. To be working until you're 90 in your 90s, that's fantastic. No matter how big the font is, you're still, you're still working. And it, what, what a great guy, you know. Um, it was just, just his legacy. Uh, it was just, uh, very sad when he, when he, we knew he was, he's older, but it was very sad to lose a guy like that. But to have the two of them in the room, and I've worked with Hamill a bunch of times before and on the regular show, and, and, uh, he's just a delight to work with. And you, you kind of forget, you know, who he is, cause he's just, he's joking around like everybody else, and you go, oh yeah, that's right, it's Mark Hamill. And you got to remind yourself. Uh, but yeah, terrific guy. And, and finally, you know, if, well, if you could, like, give any advice to, you know, aspiring people out there who want to get into this business, what would it be? If you want to do it, uh, yeah, do it. I, I gosh, I, somebody told me once that, that uh, um, oh, you're not be able to make any money in voiceover in Vancouver. Right. You know, so, and, and, I, and I basically said, oh, yeah, watch me. And I, I just said it, you took you take a negative and turn it into a positive stuff like that. Um, voiceover is very crowded these days because everybody has a unit, everybody has a microphone and a gear, and it's so easy to so submit and do you know do stuff on your own. Uh, I don't mean just, uh, but if you you know uh, want to get after it, um, just don't don't do it. 
or, or give yourself at least the, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Um, um, don't have any regrets. Uh, but it's, it's a profession and, and it's, you know, skills and acting and improv is a big thing. Um, and all those things that go into creating a character, like I said before, to make it truthful and from the heart. That's where you want to, that's where you want to be. That's what you want to shoot for. Whatever comes out of your mouth is not, you're not putting a voice on you. You're a, you're a human being, you know, in this role. That's, that should be the goal of all of us. Uh, but that's where you, you know. And, and and have some fun every day, some kind of fun every single day. Have a little bit of fun, and no matter what. No number rule number one: don't come into the business for money. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can make a fantastic living at it, but don't don't come into the business saying you know don't don't do that. You know you got to have fun, man. Uh, <laughs> that's really important. Number one, and they had to, and don't be an idiot because they. I'll tell you what, they have to, people want to work, they want to be able to work with you. If you come in, there's very few ever stories about voice people being, uh, you know, difficult to work with. Uh, You know, to be grateful to be in there. We're all very well aware of how grateful it is that we are to be, to be in there, how lucky we are to be in there. Um, we're all very good at what we do. Uh, but, you know, if you're an idiot, um, there's a good chance that they're not going to want to work with you again. Um, so just, you know, make sure <laughs> that you just, uh, you know, listen and, uh, and learn and, and don't, don't talk too much until you, until you've earned it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, that, that's, 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 that's the, you know, that's the best advice you can give. It's like, just, you know, reach out, you know, grab the brass ring, but, you know, stay humble. Yeah, yeah, stay humble. There's a lot of work involved, but stay humble. Don't forget. Don't forget. Yeah. So, uh, you know, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? No, just that I'm honored to be on the, on the podcast. It's very cool. Um, it's some place I've always wanted to visit. I, I know a couple of people have done a, uh, I um, actually met uh, Fred Tattashore in Nolan Northwest last year. Yeah, I, I, I'm anxious. I don't, I don't, uh, have, um, uh, a lot of representation for, for conventions and stuff, and uh, and I, I would I would ache to, uh, to to visit that part of the world and, uh, um, and see, you know meet meet the fans and stuff. It'd be fascinating and great. Uh, but you know, one day Monday, hopefully we get a chance to meet face to face. That'd be it'd be awesome. Because because I, I met your co-star as well on X Men Evolution, Chris Judge, and he is a oh Chris, he, he is a oh wow Chris. <laughs> yeah, I saw him down here. We saw him at uh, uh, Salami Studios uh, maybe eight nine months ago, and uh, I remember him from Stargate in Vancouver. I remember him from Vancouver. We used to see each other quite a bit. But yeah, awesome guy, awesome guy. Yeah, he was he was down to earth, very very humble. And yes, very very humble. Very yeah yeah. And he's quite he's got quite a grip, by the way. So. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a strong big dude, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll just stand behind you, Chris. You uh, you know, you go ahead. I'll just be right here. You know. Yeah. So, uh, thank thanks again for doing this, by the way. Dude. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a what a treat. What a treat. And and finally, uh, I, I know I, I got before I let you go. Um. Uh, unfortunately, we heard the news recently that uh, you know Larry Tilio passed away, and I was wondering, can you know, what were yeah, of, what were your memories of, of that? Um, because we found out literally uh, on stage at the TFCon here in, in Los Angeles this past weekend um, that Larry had passed. I didn't know he was was ill because uh, we were sort of talking about getting the gang back together for some kind of a Beast Wars thing, you know. And, uh, I know that they were, uh, they were, they were a little bitter, Bob, and, and they were a little bitter about a few things. And I didn't know too much about, you know, the real issues there. Uh, you know, about, about, yeah, about, you know, the franchise and because they were so good. Um, but, um, yeah, really a great writer. I remember having, uh, we went to a restaurant, a bunch of us were here and we all met. Uh, and had dinner, Bob Forward, Larry, and I. And who else was there? There's a few other people there from, from Beast Wars. I think it was down here in L.A. probably about 10, 
uh, 10 or more years ago at an Italian restaurant over in the West LA. And, and we went to his house afterward. Um, I think it was his house. We hung out for a bit. I think so. Yeah. And, you know, I got to know Larry a little bit. Um, just a, a great guy. And, uh, it was really a shock to everybody that uh, when we heard the announcement this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, um, I didn't have a ton of experience, you know, meeting, but with the times I did meet with him, was always a, was a, a great dude. Um, uh, so yeah, whenever you lose someone like that, it's kind of it sucks. Yeah, it does. And uh, thank you again, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> my button. I love my button. <laughs> I just want you to come here so I can buy one of those. Please. <laughs> I'll bring it. You can have it for free. I come there and I'll give you one. <laughs> Cause, and, and, and if you see Steve Bloom, tell him I'm trying to get him over here, but it's not working out. But, I'm, but I haven't given up. I haven't right. given up. <laughs> Never give up. All right. I will. Thanks again, sir. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. <laughs>